0: the preaching of self-care is not genuine. It's fr- It's more of a place of like, hey, we're sorry this is happening to you and we were in that position a few years ago as well or we are in the position now. So this will help you, but it won't. It won't help you because again, like we were talking about earlier, 80% of people aren't even able to access their like the ability to even structure their life to be at their most optimal health. This they is where you're meant it. to be.
1: Like I know it. I've never My best self journey. is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform at night.
0: Gosh, man, that was a was moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else
1: and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I am your host. I am so excited to bring you this week's episode with Lauren Elder, Lauren is a board-certified behavior analyst. She also does some coaching on the side as well as working with children with autism. So she has a wide variety of skills and expertise. I mainly wanted to bring Lauren on the podcast because we've been talking to so many high-level CrossFit and weightlifting athletes, but I realized that's not the whole picture of health. So I actually met Lauren through CrossFit but I started following her social media and just loved the message that she was putting out surrounding habits, routines, and just things that you can do to take care of yourself. So this was a really informative episode for me, and I hope it is for you as well. The LMNT. Love
0: them. Obsessed with them. Yeah. Yeah, I just ordered the—I had the starter pack. What flavor is your favorite? Watermelon. Okay, that's the one that I just got, like, the 40 thing of. Yeah, I think they work. Like, I— so I didn't have one today and I'm like kind of like I should have gotten one but um after a workout I feel like I recover so much better like I don't have that like some you know sometimes you go too hard and then you're like all right I'm a little groggy now like I think that stuff works really well I do well. it
1: during I'll okay do, yeah so I'll normally do it while I'm doing my snatches oh. and then uh, usually like during clean and jerks I'll just have regular water yeah
0: so, huh. I don't know.
1: It might be a mental thing.
0: So, I've been reading this girl Stacy Sims' book. Okay. Um, she's a PhD and she like focuses more on health and wellness geared towards women cuz like we're so complicated and um in all aspects, in all, aspects <laughs> all aspects were incredibly complicated. And so, um she actually got me back into BCAAs, which I was so like if you're eating right, you shouldn't need them or whatever, but like I feel like they really help like I don't get as fatigued and like my muscles don't get as fatigued because I'll drink half of it on the way there and then like either during or like when I'm done I'll finish it Um, and I feel like it's been helping a lot too all these little freaking things
1: yeah (laughs) well I'd love to just get into your fitness journey I know you've Mm had you you grew up doing dance and it's been evolved to to CrossFit so Mm -hmm. can we kind of just touch on like what what that's been like
0: yeah, so I took a. I always wanted – I would watch people doing but I'd be like, that's so cool. I could never – I can't do that. Like, I, when I was training dance, I was lifting, but, like, 10-pound weights, 8-pound weights, like, nothing heavy. Um, and I just kind of always factored out, like, I can't do that. Like, my, I, my body would break, I think I used to tell people. And so um, I started working with a trainer who would kind of just, like, give me, like – like snatches here and there and like i was just like this is so much fun and then eventually i got the courage to start classes and then i realized like the link between taking dance classes my whole life and then taking classes in this like new like functional fitness like uh style was very similar and i like i love it i love waking up and being like all right what am i going to learn today or What am I going to, like, get better at today? And so it's been really nice because I feel like it filled um, a void, both, like, emotionally and physically.
1: When did you start doing dance?
0: Uh, When I was six, so a long time ago, probably 97 or 98, I think something like that okay <laughs> and
1: then you did it all the way up until through college right
0: yeah yeah so actually I started like training in 97 98 but you know I was on stage like a probably still in a pull-up when I was like two or three um so it's been a, pretty much my entire life that I can remember
1: have you always been comfortable performing like did yeah. you like the eyes on you
0: Well, yes, uh, when I was older, but when I was little, I guess, like, my dad, I could see my dad from the stage, and so, like, he blew me a kiss, and I, like, blew him back one, and the whole audience was like, "Oh!" and so I, like, stood with my hands crossed for the rest of the performance and just would refused, so at that point, I guess I really didn't, I didn't like people talking to me, I don't mind people watching me, I think is probably the differentiation, but...
1: It's funny just watching, um, you know, just like in CrossFit or weightlifting, there's people who who love to compete and who love having people watch them. And then there's some people who are like, please don't watch me. Don't watch me at all. If I'm going for a PR, like everyone turn around.
0: Yeah, I I think I fall in between. Like I remember at one of my first classes at CrossFit, um, somebody was like, this is a no cheer zone. And I was like, wait what and I like pulled I don't remember if it was Blaine or Max or one of my coaches aside and I was like hey why are we not cheering like are we not allowed to cheer and they, they told me that some people like you know when you're at that last set like if people are cheering for you it's probably because they've finished already so it's like almost like a get it together but where I came from like we cheered for each other all the time so like we used to like cheer during workouts like how many reps we had left or like stuff like that so i was like oh shit i need to learn like the new social cues of crossfit
1: have you been that person to finish last where people are Um, cheering for you
0: yeah always i i mean you can't enjoy crossfit and not also enjoy when you get your ass beat like three times a week like there's some workouts where i'm like yeah i just killed that and there's some i'm just like come i'm never doing that again but i would i would do it again
1: yeah, it's very humbling, but I think mm-hmm. it I think it's good to have something where you're humbled. Like something you're it doesn't even necessarily mean you're a beginner, but you yeah. can have a workout where you go in and it's like this kicked my ass. And that's that's a good feeling cuz the rest of the day you're like, well, if this kicked my ass then <laughs> anything else that I'm going to do is going to be easy.
0: Yeah, I, I it's so true too cuz a lot of my line of work is like you know, if your thoughts are in a bad place, you can't fake happy thoughts. I hate that toxic, uh, toxic positivity crap, but, like, where your thoughts are while you're doing things has such an impact on your movement, and so going to CrossFit, like, I had to really get myself together because, like, especially, like, I've never been the best person in the room, right, and so coming from dance where I, that was my thing, I was used to that, i was really bad at being bad at things and my voice like the voice in my head would be pretty negative like you're not doing this right or like fix this and like you at a certain point i'm like all right this isn't gonna work for me so now i have like all these mantras where like i mean some of them are like maybe not the nicest but you always need that coach in your head who's telling you like pick your shit up like but like i my i really make sure that my the voice is like kind of telling me like keep moving forward, keep moving forward, it's not supposed to feel good, um, and that's been like a really big adjustment, because no one's good at every workout, like, you, I I get my ass beat by 50 year olds, like, 80% of the week, it's the best.
1: <laughs> what's the, what's the presence like in dance, because I, I'd imagine, like, if you're going through a routine, like, you can't be focused on, oh, I I had a misstep earlier, mm-hmm. it's like, everything builds on builds on going forward
0: so just like most like sports there's those foundational skills and you have like a time and place to work on those so like i would argue if you were comparing it to like crossfit like when that timer goes off and like or the clock starts that's performing right that's what all of the things that you've done and build up to like you put them all out there then um obviously if it's like the open or whatever it's more but for dance it's like nine out of ten times like you're drilling 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 and that clock turns on when you're on stage so it it can get kind of intense like depending on the class and depending on the teacher like I definitely grew up having some um like like ballet teachers that were intense and like you could hear a pin drop in that classroom like very structured and like you have to wear your hair a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. Like, you have to have the, a certain type of shoe, and if it's too worn in, then you have to buy new ones. Like, it's a little a little rigid.
1: Did you realize at the time, like, some of the things that were going on were were toxic or even going to affect you later on in life?
0: No, I, I didn't. Um, and it's interesting because listening to a few people that you've had on your podcast and then, like, just listening to people who are... Training, no matter what it is, the sport. I think it's just like, it's not that it's toxic. It's just like that is what is required to train and be good at that sport. And like every sport has their goods and bad. So, it. I've been able to figure it out now. But during the time, like when you're engulfed in it, and like that's all you're doing, and all you care about is like you know, hitting a certain skill or scoring a certain score. Like you don't even know what's going on because you're get you're getting. There's other good things that are happening in your life next to those toxic things, but you know, you don't really you don't really separate yourself enough to to see it until you're out of it.
1: i mm-hmm. I'm just going to move it a
0: little closer. Closer. Sorry. Yeah,
1: you're good. No, but um yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, do you think competing like in any th- any sport that you're going to be high level at, do you think it's almost inevitable that you pick up some bad habits?
0: Yes. Yeah, I do. But it's funny because like part of the work that I do, especially in acceptance and commitment therapy, it's like things aren't good and bad anymore for me, um, which has been a game changer. It's not like, okay, if I get too hyper-focused on what I'm eating this week because I'm trying to perform better, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm back into my eating disorder ways, right? It just means like this week, I'm really focused on that. This is what I'm interested in. And it's one of those things that if I get hyper fixated on it for too long, probably won't be supportive for me in the future. But for this week, if this is what I'm interested in doing, this is – I'm trying to see how it serves me. I'm, I feel like I'm able to kind of guide and make the difference um, now, which is
1: helpful. I'm sure that didn't happen overnight. No,
0: though. no, no. And it, I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, learn – it. like, having to go back and break – old patterns or, or just acknowledging and accepting, like, I have these personality traits that are going to make me more likely to hyperfixate on things that don't matter or overwork and not listen to my body when I'm tired. Um, it took me, like, and I'm still working on it. Like, sometimes I overdo it and I'm like, well, X, Y, and Z, like, that doesn't need to happen all in one day anymore. Like, I need to, I need to break the pattern a little bit. But it's like ongoing reflection and awareness.
1: Yeah, and we talked about even with CrossFit, like you're not doing that to compete or mm-hmm. even I don't want to say like not improve but you're mm-hmm. you're doing it knowing that you want to improve and you want to get better at mm-hmm. stuff but also it's it's a supplement to your life. It's not mm-hmm. it's not a main priority.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely helps because like I said, like I had like we all have those things about us that if we don't channel them in the right way, like can be detrimental crossfit takes those things and puts them in a place where um i can you know move towards my goals while still kind of feeding those little things about me like i can fixate on functional fitness and it's it's not going to hurt me because i have trainers who will make sure that i'm not being a complete idiot um but then it also allows me to like Like, I'll fixate on, like, one skill for, like, two months at a time. And it's fun. Like, I'm not doing it every single day, but every week I make sure I go in and practice it. And then I can kind of track my progress. And so it kind of takes – it gives me a good way to channel um, all of the things that if I didn't have that channel, like, I probably would be going backwards in a lot of ways.
1: What are you working on now?
0: Uh, Tozavar. Yeah, it's been a long time though. I've been working on them since January and I, I can do them, um, but stringing them together is really hard. I So that's been like my my thing. And then um, I also have been working on like a freestanding handstand and then push-ups are just ongoing because I have very weird shoulders and elbows. So it's really hard for me to do a push-up, which is funny because... I could do like eight hundred other things, but like one push up was really hard for me to learn. So oh, those three that's things. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's good to have something to work towards, but you know, just having that balance where mm-hmm. you you leave the gym and that's it. You're not yep. you're not looking at videos on YouTube on how to do a toaster butter. Maybe you are. But... Sometimes.
0: <laughs> Sometimes. But yeah, no, and it's like, um so I think you were talking about it on one of your podcasts where, you know, you're training for this sport and then you're done, right? You graduate, whatever it is, it goes away. You're not doing it anymore. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like you don't realize how much of your life was contingent on that sport. And so like I really like to go to the studio by myself. Like that was really fun. And um, recently my CrossFit gym, they – They started doing like open gym hours where you could go like at any time and so I can just like go in there and work on those skills and like have my me time and then have the community of classes when I want it and so that really filled the void of I wish I found it sooner because I probably wouldn't have been trying to seek and find all of those things in all these various places if I just got done college and, and found CrossFit. I think my life would have been a lot smoother.
1: What was that transition period like? What did you what did you try?
0: Um, so I actually just worked out by myself and I would obsessively watch these bloggers that if you put them in front of me now I would be like turn the crap off like I know. <laughs> um, So I and I actually believed like everything they were doing and saying and like I, I don't know I would go to the gym to like try to like reshape my body and like all those things that you see toned. like oh my god toned. yes toned that's i probably said toned every day um and then i just like became obsessed with i can only eat food that is healthy um but we know what that means when you look at that from like these bloggers perspective it's processed protein powder um a lot of processed bars a lot of uh supplements that really when you eat not processed foods you don't need to take and so i was just like engulfed in this diet culture area of health as opposed to like what does this mean for the rest of my life um but i started studying applied behavior analysis and then i was like hmm now i understand the importance of like sustainable change so the gears shift a little bit then
1: yeah and i'm sure having that that background like the psychology sort of background looking at things in a holistic sense Mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense than just like the bro like you need to eat five meals a day and you should eat three hours apart and you need to take Mm -hmm. these supplements and you need to train back and buys and chest and tries all that stuff
0: yeah yeah it's funny because like I'm at a place now where I can look at all of those things and be like oh yeah okay like if that's where you want to be in this life that's fine but are you still going to be there in five years probably not and that's okay if it's serving you now and you want to be you know like lifting heavy and training like three times a day and and that makes you feel good for now that's fine but is that sustainable is like kind of the question that i go back to um like what is the point of it right so going to crossfit for 40 minutes a day like that's sustainable like I might not get there every day, but I know that I can go the next day or I know um, if I'm not getting there, it's probably because I'm really busy and I'm moving in other ways. So it, I feel like it's just like it, it just brings it back to that sustainability piece.
1: Yeah, well, I want to I want to get into your work with the holistic behaviorists. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you have a lot of education and and background and it's like a lot of fancy words, but I just <laughs> kind of want to break down like what you do and and how you go about invoking behavior change with people
0: yeah so um if you look up applied behavior analysis you get a lot of research on um the work with kids with autism adults with autism um, children with complex disabilities all of that sort of stuff however when you break down the research and the strategies we use we are just creating change we're just making socially significant change so when you look at all of the work it's in like skill acquisition or um, patterns of behavior and so when i was studying i was like why why aren't i using this like why aren't i doing this why isn't my neighbor doing this like we are missing the point and the science is super simple everything is broken down very very simply and so um you do have to learn a lot of complex stuff before you're able to understand the simplicity of it but um bringing it back to like all of the baseline behaviors of like, you're, you need to, to eat, fuel your body, you need to move, and you need to be able to rest and recover efficiently in order to access the other things in your life. And that's not just for like kids with autism, like we all need behavior change. So I was just like, what's the point of this work is for Everybody to be doing it. Um, if just the kids with autism are doing it and nobody else is doing it, they're never gonna be included. So I started this page and was just like, I'm just gonna start applying the science to my life. It was at a time where I needed it. (laughs) So um started applying it to my own life and then um yeah, I just started kind of like blog like posting about it, and it just kind of took off from there.
1: Yeah, I think having the awareness in yourself to, to say that my goals or my habits don't align with what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do. It, it takes a special person and it, it sucks in the beginning knowing, and I, you did one post about like contradicting goals mm-hmm. and how a lot of us, we say we want this and we self sabotage mm-hmm. and we do something completely different. So can you kind of go into what, you know, pe- what mistakes people make in, in setting goals and those behaviors? Yeah,
0: and so I think the biggest thing that I see, um, and not that I don't see it with my children, um, but working with people who are able to be a little more expressive about what's going on, um, I'm able to see that a big piece that's missing is self-awareness. Because what happens is if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you want, you... You're, we're scrolling all day. We're looking at other people's lives just as much as we're living in our own. So you can be like, oh, that's really cool for that person. And maybe you like it enough to chase after it for a period of time, but is it something that is truly meaningful and valuable to you? Because if it's not, you're going to hit a wall eventually, right? And so that's definitely the biggest thing that I see missing is that self awareness piece, because without that, you have nothing to come back to. And so You know, people will be chasing goals in all different directions. And I'm like, but do you really care about that? Like, do you really, really need this? And a lot of the times they're like, "Eh, eh, I like it. But no, then it's not a goal. It's just something you're doing. Um, So the self-awareness piece is definitely huge.
1: What's that conversation look like initially? Are you having people just say their goals or like uh – we're talking like one-on-one here Mm -hmm. so like what's what's the initial conversation look like
0: so the intake's pretty extensive and so before i'm ever going to suggest anything for anybody i need to know them as a person and we need to have a relationship Um, because if we don't have a relationship then i don't know them enough to know what it is that they're trying to communicate Um, i don't know if they're just you know saying what they believe that they want or if they're actually able to like share with me what they want to do and it's sometimes hard to get to that point Uh, but I ask a lot of questions like who who is in your circle who are you around all the time what does your work life look like Um, what does your movement schedule look like and I try to figure out where they are and then we'll get into like all right well where is it that you're looking to go and then from there we do some like exercises where I'll draw like their goals so I'll write their goal at the bottom and then Two arrows, where one's moving them towards their goals, one moving them away from their goals, and then we do some work around. No, they're not good and bad behaviors. They're one's workable and one's just not really serving you as well as it should right now. So, we'll go into um, you know where they're contradicting and then where they're they're needing change, and we have a lot of conversations about how it's not immediate. Um, It takes a lot of time and it's very up and down. I have to remind myself that there are no quick fixes to helping people because the work is continuous and it, again, it starts from that like self-awareness, self-work piece. So if they're not willing to do that part, I can't. I can't do much else. Um, I share a lot of self-awareness tools, though, which is fun. Like things like the Enneagram and um, Myers-Briggs and, um, you know, there's the doshas uh, from Ayurveda. And getting people like all of these tools to to figure out who they are so then they're able to share what's important to me so I can kind of help guide them.
1: Do you think it pushes people away initially when you're like, (laughs) okay, we can can do these things, but it is going to take a long time?
0: Yes. Because I
1: I, like I always talk about on the podcast, it's like the habits that you need to set are so small, like reading 10 pages a day, you know, getting to bed 10 or 15 minutes earlier than you're than you're used to or reaching out to a friend when you haven't talked to him for a while. It's like all these stuff, all these things are so simple, Mm -hmm. but it's like a lot of people, I think, stop because they're like, oh, well, if I just read 10 pages a day, like that's not much.
0: Right, and yeah, so I write everything out, um, and then I do give like little tools that are like, hey, I think you can start implementing these right now, no excuses, Um, and they're always little things, like small, like, you know, if I have somebody who suffers with a lot of anxiety and they have a hard time getting work done, um, I am by no means like a CBT therapist or anything, but I have like tools that I know help um, me and, you know, tools that, are from you know applied behavior analysis that can be utilized for this but like opening a journal and writing out everything you're worried about setting a timer for five minutes getting it done and then moving on with your day um we call that like scheduled worry or setting a timer and like getting housework done for 15 minutes a day and then at least they have that onset and offset which surprisingly can really get people going but like they'll look at the habit plan and they'll be like yes all these things work I can totally do all these things because they seem so small. And then the next meeting it always comes down to, okay, you said you could do all these things, but are you actually doing them before you say like it's not working and most of the time it's no, which is I get it. Like I have I do the same thing every once in a while. Um, and sometimes it's part of the process to see what works. And sometimes it's just like you really want to change, but you actually don't want to do the work to change.
1: Yeah. This is more of a personal question, but like – do you find so i'm like big on routines but Mm -hmm. and this is just me talking right now but like 2020 2021 have been routine 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 and like every day i do these things and now i'm like i just don't want to do a routine like i want to wake up and i I journal every day when i wake up and then i'm like i just the last thing i want to do is journal like do you ever do you ever have ruts like that
0: yeah and i feel like so again, it depends on the person. There are people who thrive with rigidity, but my thing is like your routine needs to be flexible enough to support you in the moment or it's not supporting you, right? So if you're sick and you can't adjust your routine because it's going to keep you up at night, but your routine is going to make you feel worse, then it's not supporting you. So like we need routines, but we also need to be able to Adjust and be flexible in the moment, or like what you're experiencing now is probably burnout. Like, I've been forcing myself to do this when maybe it doesn't feel like something I really want to do. Whereas, if you adjusted your schedule to, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do something that will decrease my anxiety later, or something that will just kind of like allow me to reflect and get back on the right track. Cause like that's what journaling is, right? Essentially, like, depending on, I don't know what you use it for. But there's there are plenty of other behaviors you can do that serve that same purpose and might not feel as like forced in the moment. If that makes
1: sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think yeah, having routines is important, especially stuff mm-hmm. that's that's going to be healthy. Like yeah. you you know eating breakfast might be a good routine. Yeah. But <laughs> if it's like, if you eat the same breakfast every day, then you're like, well, this isn't serving me as much anymore.
0: Right, and, like, what are you going to do if that routine goes away? And, like, you don't have access to that or whatever. And, obviously, that's a little dramatic for an example like breakfast. But, like, the goal of your routine is just, you know, to make sure that you're successful. And when you break down, like, the, I always go back to, like, the basic necessities. I always call them, like, functional self-care. Um, I don't want to get too, like, behavior nerdy, but we focus a lot on, like, why people behave, and we call it the functions of behavior. And there's four of them. But um, when I look at my holistic practice, I really focus in on movement, fuel, rest, and recovery. And, like, that's really – if you're doing those things, there are other things, like, you know, connection and creativity and and that bring things to our lives. But, like, if you're sacrificing food and sleep and movement – You're not going to have a good time doing anything else, like, you know, so I always bring it back to that. And as long as I'm hitting those things in my routine daily, I have a routine. It's just not what it might look like when you look up like, you know, healthy morning routines on Instagram or on YouTube or on wherever. So
1: yeah, the Tim Ferriss, I think is like the famous one where (laughs) you just try to be Tim Ferriss because... Like he's awesome, but yeah. if you try to do everything that he does, maybe it's not it's not good for you.
0: Well, and that, yeah, that's like a big part of the work too is like, uh, it's so easy to be like, wow, that person's really successful and this one thing helps them. And not that like you can't ask people for advice, but if it doesn't come back and suit you and you're not finding it to be valuable or you're forcing it to feel valuable, it's not, it's not gonna be sustainable or you're going to have to really force it and put so much effort you could be doing a million other things with just to get that one meaningless thing done.
1: Yeah, check um, the box.
0: To check the box, yeah. And so it, it is, I mean, that I find value in like seeing what other people are doing, you know, the, absolutely getting more ideas. Hmm, I wonder if this would work for me or trying things out every once in a while. Like there is a process to being self-aware and knowing what works for you. But at the same time like You can't just like copy and paste somebody else's life and just like automatically make it work for you
1: Yeah, it doesn't 100%. work that way. Can we dive deeper into like the movement fuel and sleep and mm-hmm. kind of what that looks like?
0: Yeah, and so it I meet the people where they're at um, No judgment, you know, it's it's when you look at I know when I first got here We were ranting about like corporate America and stuff like our systems are not set up for those things to be easy for us. Um, Our systems are set up for it to be way easier to get really shitty food or to choose to go out and, you know, do other things other than thinking like, wow, I really should get eight hours of sleep every night. Um, Or, you know, we're all so sedentary at our desks all day that we're not able to have movement. And then when we are, it's we haven't been fueling ourselves all day, so that movement sacrifice, like it's just this ongoing spiral. Um, so a lot of the times, I, you know, I meet people with where they're at. Okay, like you sit all day. Well, what's going on at your lunch break then? Are you able to take a quick walk before you eat your food, or what? What are you able to eat? Are you eating most of your meals in your car? Are you eating most of your meals home cooked at home? And even if they're eating their meals at home, it's like, are you eating enough? Um, and really going into deeper those questions Um, and it's a fine line because my science is such an observable science and I obviously cannot follow people around all day every day so it's like having the trust of them being honest with me which is really rough with um, specifically like movement and food Uh, people Sometimes like to say that they are doing a lot more things than they are and I think it's probably from a place of not wanting to be judged but like if somebody came to me and said like you know I don't have time to move at all seven days a week I would meet them at where they're at with that and then slowly work to show them how that is absolutely impossible there are so many ways that we can fit it in and it might not look like an hour and a half at the gym every day or it might not look like you being able to attend a eight a m. class because maybe you work overnights or whatever it looks like, but there's somewhere, some place that you can fit that in. Um, and so it's a lot of work around. Where are you making excuses? Where do you not have the time? And we need to carve the time out. And then kind of what are you doing now? It's not working.
1: Do you recommend like everyone track stuff? I know you're wearing the Whoop, so is, I, lo- I love I love Whoop.
0: I'm sad at my move right now because I slept for like 10 hours and um, I'm still at like 35%. So I'm like, crap. (laughs) But no, I – so tracking. Hmm. I I think it's a tool, right? And it's a really, really good tool. And I tracked my macros for years and I needed that in the moment um, to make sure I was eating enough. But I didn't – Hyperfixate on it and i see that happen a lot where people are like well i got ten thousand steps today so it's fine and it's like well okay but like were you able to get your heart rate up were you able to do this were you able to do that like that is not the only indicator of your health it's i kind of look at it as like people who only count calories like that's fine but what a, are at a certain point you have to be like okay am i getting my micronutrients nutrients mm-hmm. as well or am i getting the macros kind of where i feel best So it's like Using them as a tool and I don't think most people use them as tools. I think most people use them as like Something to give them a pat on the back to make them feel that what they're doing now is Enough when we all have room to change
1: Yeah, I've been really critical on the wearables but I I mean I have been a person who's had had the whoop a few different times and uh, I think it is important to track for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then like hey track for three months this is where I'm at like on look at your averages instead of looking at daily like you said you're 35% today okay like today really doesn't matter in the scheme of three to six months it's it's a tool and hey if you wake up every single Saturday and you're 35% what are we doing on Thursday and Friday to kind of look at that but really if you're if you're in depth every day like did I get the 10,000 steps like The 10,000 steps really don't matter. It's like what habits are you building around that?
0: Right, right. And I know like for instance when I was dealing with um, some like orthorexic behaviors around food and exercise, I would literally stay up and pace around my house if I had to to get 14,000 steps. And I don't know why I was fixated on that number but like I ended up like one night just like throwing my Fitbit in the trash because I knew like I need to be done with this because it wasn't supporting me um I wasn't using it for a tool as a tool I was literally using it to like control my life so it's it's such a fine line like you just can't be if you're somebody who has an addictive personality or an obsessive personality you just have to watch with those kind of things
1: yeah that's that self-awareness piece like going Mm -hmm. going back to to looking at that objectively and think like am I using this as as the tool that it's designed to be or am I using it to plan my days and how like oh my whoop says i need to go to bed at (laughs) 8 35 to get yeah yeah exactly yeah
0: and there's been days like i said to max the other day or one he's one of my crossfit coaches i feel like most people who listen will know him but Mm -hmm. um he i said to him i'm like do you ever feel like you're like you train really good when you're in the red and he was like lauren no and i was like i don't know it might be my cortisol levels but like for like, there was like three days that I was either in the yellow or close in the red. And I was like, I feel good working out lately. And I just was like, all right, this is ridiculous. My, it was definitely my cortisol like kicking in from exhaustion. So I do, I really like the whoop for recovery. I think it's like a really awesome tool for that. But like, if I'm feeling a workout and I'm in the yellow and the red and I really want to work out, I'm probably going to go do it. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think that's important. Like, not saying, oh, I woke up and I slept great. And then you're like, oh, it says I was up for three hours. When you know you weren't. <laughs> but right. It, it, like it ha- and that's where we're talking about that, like, look at the three to six month data, not the yeah. one day.
0: And they're pretty, I mean, I love Whoop. I I actually think about, like, emailing them being like, let me work for you. Because they track the behavior piece, too. So it's just so interesting to me um, to see the things that help. Like, I... Wear blue light lo- blue light blocking glasses kind of often, mm-hmm. and line, yeah, right? yeah, they. So I track it like when I wear it at night, and it. Um, after I think it was either my month report or my three month report, and it was increasing my sleep by like twenty percent when I was wearing it. Like, That's so cool. Or when I started taking magnesium before bed, I would track it, and then it would kind of give me information about whether or not it was helping. And, like that that's invaluable information. Uh, mm. I wouldn't know otherwise right like unless I wanted to like Take that data myself, which I probably would do that, but um, Most people wouldn't feel like doing that or have the knowledge to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good Well, let's uh, let's just get into kind of branching out like you're you're doing your own thing and mm-hmm. you mentioned like kind of leaving the corporate America, but uh What's that been like and what challenges have you seen with that?
0: Um, So it's really nice because I feel like everything that I'm doing, I'm like very interested in. Uh, But it is a little scary sometimes because, again, we were talking about routine. And um, sometimes just you do find comfort in doing like some more regimented things. So kind of getting up and seeing my work friends every day was really fun. I really liked that. Um, And so I do kind of miss that. But, you know, I know that as long as I keep working hard and getting, um, you know, some more jobs and stuff, I'm going to start establishing more relationships and hopefully with people who are a little more like-minded um, and a little less regimented. Because I, when I look at kind of what I want in my future life and near future, later future, I don't want to just wake up and go to work and see the same people every single day for the next 50 years. I want to you know, go off and and meet new people all the time and travel and learn new things and work with people with different practices. And I'm not going to do that if I don't sacrifice that like one little piece that I miss now. So I do keep reminding myself like, you know, you can see those people elsewhere. You can connect with them in other ways. It doesn't have to be every day at 8am or every day at 3pm or whatever it is. So that's been the biggest piece I think is like the void of like that connection right now but it'll come back
1: what's what's like working essentially you're working when you're on instagram you're you're running this page Mm -hmm. how do you balance that with because i struggle with just scrolling and like my personal page i'll usually just scroll 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 and then when i post on the podcast page it's more like hey i'm getting on i'm posting something hopefully insightful and then i'm hopping (laughs) off
0: Yeah, I like I've really been focusing lately on just like letting things flow naturally. I feel like when I look at um, everything up until pretty recently, I've been a very rigid person and like it's worked out in terms of the way um, that nine to five schedule works out right like I was regimented enough and I was rigid enough to be able to get those things done but I felt like I was like suffering so much from like lack of creativity and um just like I don't know I felt like my I have a really talkative mind and I felt like it was just so dull and I just didn't feel like myself so um I didn't want to turn like my Instagram into like my business page and that's something I'm still kind of like working and channeling um But trying to keep it more of just like a way to spread awareness and um, like just remain authentic. So the biggest piece that's been hard is I really go through waves throughout the month of like when I'm in a place where I feel like I can create content that I find to be meaningful um, or valuable to others. And then I'll go through weeks where I'm just not – like nothing's coming to mind and I don't want to force it. Um, And I have to work through a lot of like kind of guilt during that time of like it's I just I don't have anything right now And it'll come to me. I know it will it always comes back But like right now it's just like i'm not here for it. And so I I really don't have any Like solid routine to keep that up, but I kind of like it that way
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you like what puts you in the flow state But (sighs) it's just you have it sometimes and you don't other times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I do think a lot of it is like um, and I was telling you this prior, like just being in the field that I'm in, it's a lot of like mental work and a lot of physical work. And so um, I I feel like there are just times where it's like I just need to shut everything off for a while in order to really get things going again. Um, but yeah, it's just, it it was like, I don't know, I was, I've always been told I was a creative person. So to be able to sit with like the weeks where like I have nothing to give, I'm just like, this sucks like I guess I'm not creative anymore which is ridiculous but
1: yeah mm. I think it comes in waves it does. I know like as a society we don't really do a good job at like taking care of ourselves but <laughs> when, when no. you're when you're in school is that something that they're talking to you about like hey this is really intense work mm-hmm. you need to take care of yourself outside like that's that's also part of the job do
0: you want the short answer or the long answer both okay so yes they do everybody talks about it self-care 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 take care of yourself there's like mindfulness workshops after like every office offers mindfulness or whatever and like i said i worked for the public school for a while and that i love that they do that like having yoga for teachers certain night a week or you know bringing the, people to do like mindfulness seminars or whatever it is, um, stressing the importance of self-care. It all comes from a good place, but nobody's talking about why we need to talk about it, right? Like why are we telling teachers to focus on self-care? Oh, right, because there's an incredibly short amount or shortage of substitutes and we're in a pandemic and like the system is literally beating these people down and then we're telling them like go go practice self-care and then you should be fine no like we need to change what we're doing like these people are not in a position where they're resting and um you know they're they're sacrificing so much of their own life to show up day to day which is i i find teachers to just be incredible human beings for all that they sacrifice for their kids and we need that but like i i just feel like the preaching of self-care is not genuine it's from it's more of a place of like hey we're sorry this is happening to you and we were in that position a few years ago as well or we are in the position now so this will help you but it won't it won't help you because again like we were talking about earlier 80 percent of people aren't even able to access their like the ability to even structure their life to be at their most optimal health like they're just not um so they i do hear about self-care very often but it's not what i call functional self-care it's just uh hey go home and take a few deep breaths or and they they say the same thing to my kids who are having a hard time. You know, a kid comes from a really shitty life, like big T trauma, super high ACE score, and they are running out of the classroom and they can't sit at a desk. And they're like, well, I told them to take deep breaths and they didn't listen to me. so. And it's like, well, because that's not getting to the root. That's not that's not what they need right now. It's the same thing with these teachers and preaching self-care um so we hear about it but it's not genuine it's
1: well then i guess this is like the million dollar question but like <laughs> what needs to change
0: the systems all of it oh my god it's uh it, a lot of my colleagues who are like they want to do the same work that i'm doing um you know we work really well together and we just are trying to like make real change and not continue to reinforce all of the issues that are in our systems um we get through we we have our own tantrums every couple of days and we're just like we can't do this anymore we quit um because it is a lot that needs to happen but what people don't understand is like we have the power to change it within ourselves first and then kind of start a movement and i might be like you know looking at this from rose-colored glasses but like i've seen the impacts of making those small changes and not standing for the stuff that our systems try to make us stand for like Again, like working 60-hour weeks when you're only paid for 35, but you have to do it because, you know, they said you have to do it. Like, no, we have to start putting our foot down with those things because when we don't, then it takes from our life. And then it just continues and we're allowing it to be okay and it's not okay. And so I get really exhausted with setting those boundaries so often and having to support other people with setting those boundaries because it's not easy like they don't make it easy or everyone would do it
1: yeah i love that like the system needs to change but Uh. also you need to change first Mm -hmm. before you can go back and actually change the system
0: yeah because like you know and again with covid like everyone's like we're on this together we're on this together like yeah so do the work that needs to be done like nobody else is coming and saving your health nobody Um, nobody's coming in and changing your work schedule. Nobody's coming in and, and, you know, you see all these people who are able to work from home and do all the things that they want to do and it's because at a certain point they're not standing for anything else and they're just saying, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to put all my efforts into making that work, Um, which it's not easy and I know that because I'm in that right now, but like it feels way better than being sucked into these patterns and things that you know are – causing the problems that you're hired to fix right like it's like most of the families that i'm working with are they're struggling so hard to get their heads above water because of the system that i'm hired by and like that maybe i'm somebody who's too reflective and i think too much about things but like that keeps me up at night so um you know it it really starts with all of us being able to take a stand and then support the people who might not be in a position to do that
1: Yeah, well, I know what you're doing is really important. I don't think that the work is going to run out anytime soon. So where can people uh, go if they want to work with you or just find out more about what you do?
0: So for the one-to-one coaching, I do have a website in the works, but um, I'm not the most tech savvy person. So I've been bothering some of my tech friends to support me with it. Um, It should be coming out soon, but Instagram's always a great contact. Uh, I have an email address that is on my Instagram. So that's another way. But I do recommend Instagram Messenger. Um, and so Instagram right now is really the best. Once way again,
1: big to, thank you to, to Lauren for coming on the show. Oh, awesome. If you thank guys so want to give her a on. follow yeah. on social media at the Holistic Behaviorist, I will also link that in the show notes. So click on the name Lauren and it'll just take you right to her social media page. You can follow her there. She puts out a ton of great content. And if you guys enjoyed this one, just make sure to share it out on your story and tag both of us. I'm at Better Than Yesterday Pod, and you can just tag Lauren. Let us know that you liked it. We would absolutely love to hear from you guys. And just a quick update as far as the podcast goes, there will be no episode next week. I am lifting at the American Open Series in New Mexico on Thursday as you guys are listening to this. So it'll be a couple days out, but I'm not going to have a podcast I am also traveling to Arizona to see some friends, so really excited about that. Going to take some time to just reset, especially after hearing all the stuff that Lauren was talking about with self-care. So I hope you guys have an awesome couple of weeks, and I look forward to talking to you guys then.